Hey, uh, Spiegel, what's our opening line this week? Now, hold on a second. I'm not uh, not quite ready. I got to fix something here with my uh, recording. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, this is Bombers. Spiegel and Dag, Spiegel and Dag, Spiegel and Dag, and Spiegel and Dag. Spiegel and Dag and Spiegel and Dag and Spiegel and Dag and Spiegel and Dag. Freaking terrible. <laughs> what is up, everybody? My name is Spiegel. I am bomber number one, and I am joined this week only by the final bomber, number five, Dag. We are bookending the uh, bombers this week, huh? Sure. How you doing, Dag? You got a Dr. Pepper with cream soda there. I love. I love that. That's got to be... How is that? I haven't tried one yet. Uh, you know what? It's uh, it's uh, creamy, a little soda-y. Got Peppery? Some, some doctor, kind of pepperish. <laughs> There's a doctor the, in it. Back it. <laughs> one whole doctor per can. <laughs> uh, doctor Pepper away <laughs> puts the doctor in your body a day. Uh, Every I, day. I don't like that. No, it's good. I like it. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. I don't have any. I don't have a... Diet Mountain Dew. I do have some empty cans because I'm I'm drinking like four or five a day now, uh. So I'm wired, as you can tell. It's that time of the year, huh? Yeah, it's that time of the year where uh, you know the sun goes down early. It starts getting cold. I I drink five Mountain Dews a day, and uh, it just man, existence. It's hard. Li- living the dream. Oh, all right. What do we uh what do we do on this show, Deg? What do we talk about? What are we talking about this week? I don't know what we're talking about this week. Uh food, video games. Uh that's about Taco it. Taco I mean, Bell. I, mostly Taco Bell, but we do we do splash in other uh fast food here and there. Uh as far as this week, um I got some uh chips that I want to do for our for our food conversation. Mm. And I got some uh, video games that I want to talk about later. I don't know. I just I'm stuck on the food. Great, and video yeah. That's where mean, my brain is well, all that's the time. <laughs> basically, what the show is, so that's fine. Um, we do have some. Uh, we have the bombastic news segment that we have to get out of the way. Usually, Zyber does it. Uh, Deg will do it now quickly so that we can get it out of the way because no one likes the news part. Sorry. Now for the bombastic news. First of all, our housekeeping. There is, of course, the Bombers Discord, which has a link in the description of this episode. Please come join it, hang out with us, talk about fast food and video games live with the bombers we it's just like being our... on a podcast except in text form it's great it's exactly like that we have a bombers twitter which we have recently changed to at this is bombers so go refollow that by which i mean no one's followed our twitter so please go follow our twitter Zyber really twitter? tries to put out good stuff there twitter is irrelevant i don't <laughs> we have a bombers gmail this is bombers at gmail.com where you can send us Bombers Notebook questions. We need those questions because we love answering all of the inane things that you want to know about the Bombers. This is bombers at gmail.com. And finally, and to me, most importantly... Bombers MySpace. No, get out of here. MySpace is dead. What is Remain it, What dead. is it, Deg? What is, what is the most This is important? Bombers on Twitch, which I uh, have been doing the Twitch streaming Mondays and Fridays. And on Wednesdays, there is uh, the Game Club. Check out the Bombers Discord for the Game Club. And we just this past Saturday, which is the future for me, but the past for you listening, we started Minecraft. Spiegel, aren't you excited about Minecraft this weekend? Yay! Blocky game that's 10 years old with blocks. 
Yay. That's the that's the bombastic news. I ran through it as quickly as I could. More like bombastic like news because it. it was fairly bombastic. That a lot more energy than whenever Zyber reads it, at least. Look, we can carry this show. We could do every segment. I don't need Piddle to host. I don't need Zyber to read the bombastic news. I could do it all myself. Maybe I'm a little inebriated. What's it to you? I'm not judging. Maybe I'll get to right now, <laughs> apparently. All right. Uh, so we got stuff. Uh, we, we mentioned the food situation, and Deg has a food situation. Deg, you have some tasty chips, some tasty-looking chips from Trader Joe's. Uh, as we all know, the number, the nation's number one source for tasty, cheap products that you can buy in bulk. I don't know. What did you buy from Trader, Trader Joe's? Tra- <laughs> Trader, Trader Joe's pumpkin tortilla chips crafted with simple ingredients, including pumpkin puree, pumpkin seeds, cinnamon, and nutmeg. So There's I'm more con- words on the back, and I'm not going to read them. Are they like potato chips, like pumpkin chips, or are they just chips that are flavored with pumpkin? I'm unclear on that. I mean, it says tortilla chips, so maybe it's like a corn tortilla chip, but instead of corn, it's pumpkin. Hmm. I'm, I'm unconvinced. I'm unconvinced that this is going to be good. Deg is opening the bag, as you can hear. We put all well, the noises. Hear me out. It's pumpkin season. Okay. Uh, we we put. He's he's smelling his the bag. He's putting his entire head in the bag. He looks like he's suffocating. <sighs> Smells like pumpkin. Okay. I was hoping it would. I'm surprised. Is that like an that is that an orange honestly. chip? Is that orange or is it like it looks a little orange? It looks like a Dorito. It's a little, it's it's kind of Dorito-ish, um, which makes sense because a Dorito is a pumpkin. It's a tortilla type thing or a pumpkin. I don't know. Um, I can see like looking at it in the light. I can definitely see different like seeds and stuff are baked into the chip. So oh, I'm wow. curious how that's going to turn out. Pumpkin seeds, underrated snack. Uh, super high. I, yeah. Super high it. in calories, but really, really good. Salty. Delicious. How's the chip? Also salty and delicious. It's got a nice sheen of salt around the chip itself, which I appreciate from a tortilla. You know what I like the most about it is that it is pumpkin flavored and not pumpkin spice flavored. It is not a sweet chip. It is a savory chip. You made the same exact comment on last week's episode, which I did listen to, by the way. Um, And you made a comment about... as. Please don't seductively put the chip in your mouth when we're on video together. It just derails the entire segment. <laughs> now I lost my I made, train of thought. Uh, I made a comment about how I like pumpkin flavor and not pumpkin spice flavor. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it occurred to me that I don't think I've ever had pumpkin spice like anything. I don't think I could identify that taste if I tasted it. Have you eaten a pumpkin pie? Is that pumpkin spice? Yes, that's pumpkin oh. spice. Oh, well, never mind then. So, well... Okay, then I guess I've had pumpkin spice and the kind of not. I mean, pumpkin spice is basically just a combination of cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and pumpkin sugar. I guess is how in does there. how does allspice work? Is that like is that like all? It's the actually spices? just the name of a type of spice. So it's a misnomer. That, it's not all use... spices. It's just like some spices. It's it's what well, I think that. And I don't know, because I refuse to look it up for this show. But I think that it's the idea of it is a spice that you can use for all things. Oh, wow. 
So it's like salt. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's salt. Yeah, you put salt in a All cookie. Space is salt. Lots of salt in your cookies. You've learned that here on the bombers. All right, that's enough All right, of that. these chips are delicious, but um, I need to put them away or I'm going to eat them for the rest of the show. And as much as we love our mouth noises, nobody wants to listen to 45 minutes of me crunching on chips. Yeah, uh, before we move on from that, though, we do have some more mouth noises to uh, to make here because I have a bag of chips myself, Deg, and I, I would like to consume them for you. You reviewed pumpkin chips. I'm going to review some guacamole-flavored chips. And I got the bag right yeah, pump- here, ready to go. And here we go. Uh, pumpkin is better. I I don't even care about your guac chips. But I do care about this week's game releases, which we should, probably should have done as part of the Bombastic News, right? Well, I don't really but know. But here we are. Uh, tell me the news of what's coming up. Yeah, I, I don't know how we Because you're the one that always looks... We, we don't have structure, man. <laughs> I don't know how we normally structure the news segment. I don't know that a game release necessarily counts as news. We already knew that the game was coming out, so it's not news. It's new. It will we, be new. We knew it. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Torchlight 3 <laughs> is coming to Nintendo Switch this week. And uh, it was it came out last week on uh, PS4, Xbox One, PC. Got some fairly middling reviews from what I saw. I don't know anything about Torchlight, the franchise, except that it's an action RPG. I, I know nothing about Torchlight either. To be, I, I've seen it. I've never played any of them. I don't even know or, if it is a Souls-like, actually. So I have no yeah. idea what it is. Great. This is a great news segment. Make sure you come to Bombers for all your game release news. We talk about them in detail because we are professional gaming journalists who uh, cover all this stuff for a living. Uh, in Torchlight 3, Nova Straya is again under threat of invasion. And it's up to you to defend against the Netherim and its allies. Gather your wits and brave the frontier to find fame, glory, and new adventures. Rated uh, rating, but Steam doesn't give me ratings, so uh, it's probably like T for teen. I don't I, know. If you read any game description in that voice, you could make it sound horrible. Players control Joe, a smuggler tasked with escorting a teenage girl Ellie across a <laughs> post-apocalyptic United States. The Last of Us is played from a third-person perspective. Players use firearms and improvised weapons and can use stealth to defend against hostile humans and cannibalistic creatures infected by a mutated fungus... In the genus Cordycaps. So it's a match match three game is what you're saying. Yeah. Haven't you ever played... uh... The last three of us? (laughs) All right. That's enough. Uh, (laughs) Oh, this show is... uh, Are we we done yet? Uh, Okay. Now we have more segments. Uh, That was Torchlight 3. Now it's time for What Media Are You Consuming? Which Which is the official name of the segment, by the way. Um... Dag, you consumed some media this week. You consumed chips. You consumed media. You were chips. an all-consuming beast. What did you consume? I I am an American deep down in my heart. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh, a lot of, lot of uh, you know, in the current in the current times, things are feeling dark. Things are feeling really um. There's just like a there's a, a gloom over the world. There's a real sense of I played a lot of Doom. See, I brought it around because Doom and. I think it was a stretch at best, uh, and and when you said Doom, I was cutting my fingernail, and I I think I accidentally like cut it too hard, and I might be bleeding. That's your own Doom is to suffer the hangnail. Um, I played a little bit more Doom 2016 because I'm trying to go through all my Ultra Violence playthrough and pick up all of the collectibles and secrets and whatnot. That is so uh, which crazy has been very to me. Fun. That is so crazy to me. By the way, that you're playing this thing on Ultra Violence. I can't. I I struggle with hurt me plenty. You're on Ultra Violence. 
I play shooters a lot. I think it's fun and rewarding. In fact, Too hard. I was just yesterday playing through some collectible stuff running around um, after having previously on Wednesday started Doom Eternal, which is the other Doom I've been playing. And um, I'm also playing Doom Eternal on Ultraviolence, uh, first time that I've ever played it. I kind of like Doom 2016 more. There's something about the pacing of it that feels more my speed, at least. Like I'm, I'm gonna fully warrant that that is a subjective opinion on that for sure. I don't, I don't know that the game is worse or better one way or the other, but for me personally, I enjoy 2016 more. So the sense that I got about Doom Eternal was that it was, it was basically Doom. It was just kind of more of the same, which is good. I like Doom a lot, but I hear that it uses like the exact same weapons. And, and how is Doom Eternal? Uh, how is it a sequel? You know what I mean? Like, what's really different? It's not it's not the exact same weapons. It's the same weapons, but then some of the add-ons work slightly differently. So you've okay. got in regular Doom, your shotgun has an alt fire where it shoots just like a frag grenade. Well, in Doom Eternal, you have an alt fire that shoots a sticky grenade. But do you so still like, like you still find field drones to upgrade the equipment and stuff like that? It's not Yeah, the core gameplay. I mean, look at Doom's 1 2 and whatever the something of two because doom three changed it but like doom has always been kind of more of the same with just different levels and stuff if you really think of it that way i mean i'm okay with that it's not as though they're releasing doom every single year and they need to really iterate super often um i think just having played doom 2016 again so recently is it's just kind of it's so fresh in my mind that going right onto Doom Eternal feels it's it's different enough in in the way that they paced it. Like they changed how a lot of the resource management gameplay works. Um, I find myself really struggling. Ugh. Oh, that that tastes like Dr Pepper. That's like your second vomit burp in, in twenty minutes. Yeah, it's gonna be a day. Um, the resource management game in Doom Eternal is slightly different than Doom twenty sixteen with the way that you spawn. Uh, health and ammo and armor from kills as opposed to mostly having to get your runes and whatnot for your like your your bonus things to spawn it so that that loop of oh i'm out of ammo let me chainsaw someone oh i'm out of health let me glory kill someone is a lot more fast-paced in doom eternal so it really changes the energy of the entire game in my opinion man i can't imagine that game being faster I mean, I love the speed of Doom, but like the the, it gets really intense and making that faster. Yeah, it caught me off off guard too. And then when I went back to 2016, I was like, okay, now I feel like there's an actual beat to the combat. Whereas in Eternal, I'm just running around going like, oh geez, I need to stay alive. And in it's 2016, to- I can like plan out like. You're saying it's more frantic, basically, which I think yeah, I it think is could much, work. Much I just more. like especially on a lower difficulty, I think the frantic nature of it would be refreshing is the wrong word because doom 2016 did it first right um yeah i would say it's maybe not refreshing but it's welcome would would you say that you're having as good of a time with it as maybe you had hoped or is it just a little i would say i am still having a good time if anything my biggest critique goes into the actual presentation of the story where in 2016 they hid so much of it in the collectibles and the findables love it in eternal it's much more in your in your face with actual like oh. cutscenes and so stuff, it's it's like metroid prime I, 2 to the metro the original metroid prime like all the lore in metroid prime was in the 
stuff that you had to scan, but in Metroid Prime 2, they're basically telling you the story and all the scannable stuff is basically just background information. It's That is exactly what it's like, mm. yes. We, which I find to be to its great detriment, especially when I'm in that frantic combat, like high octane, and then, all right, here, let's you're in a cutscene because you killed all of them and this door opened, and I'm like, you've just ruined the energy that I was in. I, I thought that Doom 2016 had too many cutscenes, and it had like three. I'm like, I, this is too many. I want to keep going. I was just going to say, I agree. I thought 2016 had a lot of cutscenes, and it has three. And Eternal, it's like way more, and not even like big like story cutscenes, but just like I said, those tiny little like, and now the path is open. All right, cool. I probably could have figured that out if you just let me continue running around the map and, and like playing the game. I mean, does it play like that little Zelda chime when you solve a puzzle every time? You know what I mean? Like, is it really, is it really giving it's the player that, that many cues? <laughs> I mean... That seems totally unnecessary. This is a gamer's game, or at least that was the sense that I got. Uh, I all these all these things are adding up to like little niggling things that are going to bother me about Doom Eternal when I first play it, and I'm still excited. But like well, the one thing, know. and I thought this was going to annoy me, but it actually is really awesome. Is that they've added a lives system in, and the way that it works is normally in Doom 2016, you die, you go back to the checkpoint. In Doom Eternal, if you have extra lives and you die. You just are alive again right there where you died. Keep going. It doesn't send you back to the checkpoint. It's just you got killed. Keep keep fighting. Keep, and I, I thought it was going to be weird. I actually really like it because I die a lot. I don't know. I, I kind of like what I liked about Doom was that it would throw you into basically an arena with a bunch of demons that you had to kill. And they would always spawn basically in the same place. So you would always have to, like, oh, I got to kill the Kako Demon first because he's coming up. He's, you know, giant head flying at me. He's the first one. So you have to strategize around which demons you're going to go after first. Because if you don't strategize a little bit, especially on a really hard difficulty, I just imagine that, that those fights would be really hard. But the ability to just continue right in the middle of a fight, I feel like that takes kind of the element of strategy out of it. And that's a weird thing to talk about with Doom, but I think it exists. Uh, I think it, it plays into how Eternal has that frenetic, fast-paced feel to it, whereas 2016 definitely had that, how am I going to conquer this arena? So they kind of inform each other with the way that their systems work there, and I, it really actually does work out just based off of how they've designed the encounters. Okay, well, you're bumming me out talking about Doom Eternal. I'm sorry. Like, uh, it's not it's not your fault, but all of these things sound like steps in the wrong direction for Doom Eternal, in my mind, based on what I know about the Doom 2016 reboot. That seems fair. I, I mostly was focusing on the things that annoyed me about it, because all of the things that I love about it are the same things that I loved about Doom 2016, and it seems oh. silly to say it again. So... It's definitely worth playing is, is my final takeaway of my like three hour experience with it. Okay. Well, I'll just cut the last 10 minutes of audio and we'll move on. How about that? Ah, geez. Okay. Do you, play, any I... Do you uh, play anything else this week? Um, I picked up uh, at the behest of one of the friends of the show, uh, Apex Legends on PC now. And um, yeah, sure is still a battle royale game. It's much harder without the AM assist that you get from playing on console. <laughs> You th uh, a, PC, a PC game, a shooter is harder uh, on PC than it is on console? What what world are we living in now? Well, again, because aim assist doesn't exist. So, like, it, it's technically better, but it's not easy mode anymore. 
Yeah, which for Battle Royale, <laughs> I mean, you need all the advantages you can get, right? And that's why uh, EA allows you to pay for so many. Yep, that is exactly why. Uh, How about you? Right. Did you do any gaming? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I played a game. Uh, I played one game this week, uh, apart from Fortune Street, which, of course, I'm addicted to again. Um, picked up uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney on uh, DS. I wanted to. Nice. I wanted to play through that series again. It had been quite some time. Man, that game has some crazy characters and some great, great writing. It is a, I mean, it is a point-and-click uh, visual novel with investigation sequences that are really fun. A lot of reading. You got to like reading, but it's a really good game. I like it a lot. Yeah, I tried playing Phoenix Wright a while ago, and I fell to the trap of not being able to get over the fact that it's basically a satire on the legal system. Oh yeah. I'm sitting there going like, that's not how laws work. None of this stuff would actually happen, but it's really funny that it actually is happening. It's a cartoon. I think the one thing that annoyed me the most about the game was the one thing that made it a game, which is the whole, ha, I have proven that my client couldn't have possibly have done it. Well, until you prove who did do it, your client did it. Yeah. But he he didn't do? do it. You have to solve, you have to solve it. Yeah. There is something 15 years later still very satisfying about yelling objection into the into the DS microphone. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, got to give a credit for that. Uh, check out Phoenix Wright if you like visual novels. Um, I, I would say that the first time I played through the game, maybe five or six years ago, I had some trouble with the trial sequences, which is maybe why I didn't continue on with the series. Uh, maybe because I wasn't a- attention to detail oriented enough at the time in my early 20s. But I feel like I'm more mature now. I'm more focused. I can pay attention to the finer details that require uh, that crime solving requires. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention to the details of what you were just saying. What's happening? Well, you're like 50 now, so your your brain cells are rapidly, rapidly the other end. dying off. As we, I mean, my brain cells are dying as we continue this episode. But that's a different issue altogether. Completely different story. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, thanks. All right. Um, S- stuff next board of this conversation uh zombie kill of the week blah, blah, blah. and now it's time for uh discussion topics our new favorite segment discussion topics and on this week's discussion topics uh we uh deg we didn't know what to talk about on this week's episode tell tell us more about that I mean, we didn't know what to talk about, so we just stared at each other in deeply in the eyes through the camera for a good solid, like, 15 minutes. And then, Spiegel, you had just a bolt of genius, and I loved it. So you said, hey, Deg, the uh, Xbox One game lineups were just announced. Or not Xbox One. What is it called? Xbox... Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever it's called, because the names are bad. In light of that, if you were making a game lineups for a new console that you were putting out, what would they be? Why? And other things to make us we'll actually talk, talk to them. each other. And right, I went, right. great. I, I love it. Uh, and then I made a list. And I presume that you also made a list. I did make a list. Uh, to give a little background, give a little credit where credit is due. I did. Uh, the, the bolt of inspiration came from my wife, QJ, who is downstairs watching TV. And I walked away. I, I just had to get my feet moving, maybe come up with an idea. And I said, I said, honey, sweetheart, baby. We need an idea for bombers, and uh, we don't know what to talk about. What do we talk about? And QJ, being the wonderful person that she is, immediately said, I'm watching TV. And uh, it's like, <laughs> all right. 
Uh, and she's like, talk about Gravity Falls, because that's the show that she's watching. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to talk about that, because uh, it's like a 10-year-old cartoon. It's good, but like, you know. Anyway, that, that turned into, what if you had your own TV station? What would your, what would your fall lineup be? And then that turned into, what if you had your Write own game that. console? Write that one down. I like that one, too. No, that's not unique enough now, because I've already said it. Someone uh, is going to make a copycat podcast and, and talk about that. Nobody's. Zyber and Piddle are going to talk about it on next week's episode when we are out of the office. All right. All right. <laughs> what, whatever. <laughs> so much is getting cut this week. It's, it's going to be great to leave all this stuff on the cutting room floor. All right. It is time for Dream Launch Lineup Deg. This is essentially uh, five would you buy it question marks in a row. We, we each have five games. Um, yours, I believe, are a little more conceptual. Mine are probably a little bit more realized. But go ahead and kick it off, Deg. Our dream launch lineup. This can be for any of the major console manufacturers. Yes. How are you approaching this? Uh, I'm approaching this as more of a newcomer to the... Think of it like a um, Stadia, if you will. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> approaching this as not one of the set PlayStation, Microsoft, Nintendo... Uh, brands but a different console that is entering into the gaming atmosphere good luck for that purposefully i tried to avoid any like first party uh uh what do you call franchises uh, i don't know first party titles in general with my list when I thought of a console that I would want to Dream Console see released, uh, I kind of, my brain latched onto the idea of something specifically focused around a VR presentation, sort of inspired I am, by Nintendo. You're I'm, already out. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm not buying it. No. I Don't give me a VR. Well, actually, here's your chance, okay? What I need out of VR is I need killer apps. Give me your killer apps. Show me your apps. Kiss my apps. The idea that I had was was to have this VR experience be inspired by Nintendo's approach to consoles with the Switch and the Wii U, where you have the option of VR or traditional screenplay. Okay. With some apps specifically designed to utilize the VR and some more designed to play normally. The first title that I have on my list that I think is necessary to really get a good VR sale is Beat Saber. Because hearing so much of Zyber playing it and hearing about everyone loving this game, I think that taking that and packaging it into a console experience that you can play in your living room without having to buy a PlayStation and a PlayStation VR, but all built together. And the fact that Beat Saber is basically just a rhythm game, so it has infinite opportunities for expansions and new tracks and new levels and whatnot that's my number one killer app for my vr console experience uh how much does this game cost right now on uh, whatever console it's available on do you know uh i will tell you in like 30 bucks right now for steam okay so like kind of a not a not a budget title not a necessarily a download only game uh well 30 bucks probably download only but okay i i like it uh so not an original game a game that currently exists all right uh spiegel now that you've heard what my killer app is i want to hear what your killer app is well what hold is on the that's your killer app that's like the game to get on your console 
Yeah, th- what um, I view it on the killer app like how Wii Sports was the quote-unquote killer app for the Wii. Okay, so not like the, the best the, game, the, but the game that not, maybe not sells the, best, the concept. But the, exactly. Okay. That's what I view my killer app for this new experience being, a way to sell that experience to people. Well, uh, my console, uh, I guess... Uh, to set up the console itself you have a vr like hybrid experience i have more of a traditional gaming experience but this console is developed developed by nintendo and it is specifically for old neglected franchises uh and and types of games that really haven't had the representation that they deserve okay so this is basically like a major big time wish list that i have here but uh i guess the killer the killer app to prove that point a neglected franchise that hasn't had a game in now 15 years, Deg. Big time. Arcadey, arena style, first person shooter. Get those multiplayer, get, get the multiplayer guns out, and I don't even know what I'm saying. It's Time Splitters 4. Yeah. Time Splitters. I knew that was what you were is, going for. I'm so into it. It's making its return on, on my console, and who doesn't want Time Splitters 4? You know, the Time Splitters 2 and Future Perfect each had over like 100 characters to play as. Uh, a bunch of super unique weapons, and every weapon felt really good. Um, it's a really good party game because it's it's like stupid, like Future Perfect especially. The AI is like stupidly broken, so you can totally manipulate it in in ways that uh, that liven up a party atmosphere. If that uh, makes any sense, it makes perfect sense because I got to tell you, you've already sold me on your console off of that killer app, so you nailed it for a killer app who doesn't want time splitters 4 i mean raise your hand if you're not interested in time splitters 4 but poor idos i think is defunct they're either defunct or they're owned by square enix so they're boned they got to make kane and lynch games for the rest of their existence sad sad life we're living now oh all right what else uh, what's your second game here my second game i wanted to get a game that would show off the actual like technical aspects of the console itself and um, same as you, I went and looked at my gaming shelf to see, like, is there any inspiration here? My eyes immediately stuck on PNO3, Ooh. project number three. That could, that could, uh, PNO4 could be on my console. So the, it, it is probably similar to something that would be on your console. But what I want is a PNO3 style, fast paced combo shooter that's running in 60 hertz buttery, like, really just showing off the technical prowess of what this game can pump out for speed and graphics in its traditional mode whenever it's not putting the power into um, rendering. Thanks, Brain. When it's not putting the power into rendering VR, what can it put the power into rendering on a traditional experience screen? I want a game that runs uh, 1080p 60 frames per second uh, that is described as uh, buttery smooth, and you play as a stick of butter. Like the game, the, like the quote it, on the back of the box is buttery smooth. Maybe that's the name of the game. Sure. It'd be BSO3. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be that. But... <laughs> or, like a, or like irritating stick, but irritating stick of butter. Yes. All right. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my second game, is something to show off the not VR uh, f- all right, so you've got strengths. So you've got Beat Saber and Buttery Smooth. My second game. Okay, here's a franchise that deserves a return to form. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of bad reviews coming out this year for EA's Madden NFL 2021 or Madden 21, whatever it's called. I'm jumping a thousand years into the future. It's NFL Blitz 3000. 
Uh, we're, we're just eschewing 2001, 2002, 2020. No, we're going to 3,000. And the NFL is so futuristic, the players are allowed to kill each other on the field. It's like Blood Bowl. Or no, not Blood Bowl. It's like um, there was another like M-rated football game that was... Blood, Blood Bowl. Well, not, not really, though, because Blood Bowl is like orcs and like dice rolls. Orcs and elves and dice rolls and tabletopy strategy. No, we're talking like tackle him into the wall and his head pops off into the air. Yeah, I want to see heads flying. I want to see... You know what I really want to see? I want to see someone's head fly off. It's like a fumble on the play, but the dude like picks up his head and runs into the end zone. And that's like, that's worth like two touchdowns. That's, that's 14 points Buy my game ideas. I want, uh, I'm just, I'm just into the idea of NFL blitz coming back in general with that more arcadey, goofy, not Madden garbage football right now, I think is too complicated of a sport to, to simulate properly. Uh, certainly with the, with EA's approach, um, and I run, I want, I either want a, like a hardcore football sim, like OOTP, uh, baseball, or I want NFL blitz. I don't want this in between bull crap. I don't want mutt mode. I want head flying off mode. Murder, murder what's, ball. I want mur- I want murder, more violence and murder in my life is what I need. All right. What's your third game? All right, so the third game is definitely one of my most high concept or low concept. Um, (laughs) It's one of the ones that I did not define enough. But basically, all I want is the fact that if I have a console that has both screenplay and VR play, I want some sort of asynchronous multiplayer along the lines of Nintendo Land, where you have four people traditionally sitting on the couch and one person in VR, and it's 4v1, go. Okay, so in this... In this game, what have you done for the four players to make that an attractive option so that people want to be the four players? One of the big problems with Nintendo Land is you want you almost always wanted to be the dude with the gamepad. You didn't want to be the other the other people. I I told you I just have the i the high high idea of it is some sort of asynchronous multiplayer. I mean, yeah, you're going to need to refine it to make it be, you know. Uh, tempting <laughs> to play the other four, which will uh, you know work off of Nintendo Land. Uh, frankly, I'm I'm willing to lift most of that and then tweak those games in such a way that it doesn't suck. Sort of like how Sonic Shuffle ripped off Mario Party, and that worked really well. Yeah, I mean, just because an idea has been done before doesn't mean you can't do it again and make it better. That's all I'm saying. I, I literally wrote Think Nintendo Land because I wanted to be inspired by that in, that entire idea. I of just got a living room play. I get that. I get I get why asynchronous is like a uh, is a uh, attractive idea for developers because it allows them to kind of do something a little bit different. I just I I worry when I play when I've seen and played as asynchronous multiplayer games. It's sort of like just I don't know. There's there's always like one side you just don't want to be on. And I, I haven't seen the game that's really gotten that right yet. Maybe your maybe your game can do it. Why not? Yeah, and it, it, it need more work than that. But that's that's what I want for that console right off the get go. Is something one game that shows off the VR, one game that shows off the screen, and then one game that shows off the screen and VR playing in conjunction. Well, there you go. You got your three so far. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my let's third. Kick it back to you. Yeah. Yeah, my third game. Uh. Did you let me ask you a question? Did you ever play uh, Wario World on GameCube? 
No, I played Wario Land on Game Boy Advance. Okay, so this might be lost on you. Wario World 2. Okay, that's what Ooh. I want. This this is the uh so this is a Nintendo console that I'm that I'm launching apparently because it has Wario World 2 on it. Um Wario World is not that good of a game, but I like the idea of playing as Wario running around these like half 2d half it's not 2.5d because you're running around in a fully 3d space but like some of the levels are side scrollers but you can like kind of move back and forth throughout the environment anyway it's not a good game because the pacing is really bad and the, the difficulty is like all over the place but you collect treasure it's wario there's garlic instead of like jumping on enemies you you've like punch the crap out of them and you and you throw them at things it's awesome uh conceptually and i want wario world 2 to come out, be an HD Wario platformer that we all deserve because Wario has not been in a good game now for quite some time as the as the lead character. Like since Wario Land 4, basically, on the Game Boy Advance? Yeah, I mean, unless you're counting like the, the WarioWare games, which I love, but they're not really the same type of thing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't count those. I mean, even if you Pers- did, the, the last good WarioWare game was like... WarioWare smooth moves on Wii, and that was like 2007. It's been yeah, a long time. Good, good point. All right, uh, sad. Go ahead, your fourth game. Uh, my fourth game has nothing to do with new console release and everything to do with a game that I want to actually exist, and it is Beyond Good and Evil Two, but the good one based off the 2008 trailer and not the crap that we have right now. Was that the trailer that Paige uh, sucked a fly up his nose? That's the exact trailer. Yeah, love it. I good want callback. a Beyond Good and Evil sequel that is actually a beyond good and evil sequel and not whatever they're trying to make with this multiplayer garbage thing that they have going on right now so if i'm making a console and i can fund the actual development and production of a game i'm funding that one is beyond good and evil 2 the one that currently exists is that the most disappointing trajectory that a game has taken uh in in the course of development in ever forever (laughs) of all time yeah, I, uh, pretty much. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't think of any other example that is worse than that. It it rends my soul, and makes me cry deep into the night when I think of it. Well, I'm sad now. What's your next game to make me happy again? This game will make you happy. It is Super Metroid. Okay, it's Super right. Metroid twenty. I guess twenty twenty one. Already, and already it's, exists. It's, you know. Yeah, I know, but it's like Link's Awakening. Uh, only here's the good part: it's not sixty freaking dollars. Uh, it's a new <laughs> art style. It's a new art style, uh, one that will age well. That's part of the uh, description that I wrote. It's a, it says art style will age well. Um, so it's so not, not like um, Samus Returns. No, no, it's 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 going to look better than Samus Returns. It's not going to be a two point five D platformer piddle. Uh, it's going to be Super Metroid, but it's going to look good, and it's going to be freaking Super Metroid, and it's going to have um better controls and uh other things that are cool the episode's almost over i don't feel like improvising (laughs) my immediate first stick to that is what do you mean by better controls what about the super metroid controls do you think need improved i just think that some some of the tricks are too hard to do uh in a modern from a modern perspective like shine sparking is really difficult and i get that back then it was it was kind of a big deal if you were able to master that and then do it but I just don't think that that type of game design is necessary anymore. So let's just let's make the controls a little tighter, basically. I, I can only think and of Shine Sparking as an example because I struggled with it so freaking much. 
but just optimizations along those lines is what you're trying to convey. Yeah, I think so. A uh, little more Metroid Fusion, a little less uh, Super Metroid, which is a super controversial take that I have that I think Metroid Fusion is better than Super Metroid, but that's yeah, where we I'm are. I'm with you on that, so uh, so I'm sold. As long as I don't have to pay $60 for it, I'll buy it. I would pay $60 for Super Metroid because Super Metroid is a better game than Link's Awakening and, and frankly, probably is d- more deserving of a remake than Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening is a great game. It didn't even need a remake, I think. Yeah, I, I and having tried to go back and play Super Metroid recently, I think that the biggest thing that would that it could really benefit from is just optimization tweaks. So I would like to see a remake that actually re-optimizes a lot of the game. I want uh, Metroid Metal to do the soundtrack for Super Metroid. Ooh, I, I want also it to be. I want it to be the Doom of Metroid games, except in two D and. Not very no, much like Doom that, that at all. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Your last game, please. Uh, my last game, I cheated a little bit. It's actually two games in one, um, but only because this is the world we live in. Uh, it's GTA Five and Skyrim because there's no way to not have those on your console. Like a You just can't escape those ports. Combo pack? Oh, it's not even a combo pack. It's just that like, if a new console comes out, those games are going to be on it. You can't not. There's no way to resist Rockstar and Bethesda at this point. If something comes out, it will have GTA 5 and it will have Skyrim. I don't make the rules. I'm just going to have to follow them. Has uh, has Skyrim been announced for PS5 and Xbox Series X yet? It is on Xbox Series X because it's part of Game Pass. Doesn't count. It's got to be its own version, like its own unique release. Um, I don't think it's been announced yet. But we all know it's coming. GTA Five, though, that's been announced. I mean, we know Elder Scrolls Six is coming. I, I, I think that this is the generation that we finally break away from those games, both of them. G- well, not GTA Five because it's already a PS Five launch game. So, you know what? Forget everything I just said, and we'll move on to the final thing. What is the final thing? The final thing is a game that I have been uh, workshopping with our good friend Piddle for quite some time. Uh, every seems like every year or so, the talk. We, we have a talk about this game that we've been kicking around to pitch to a development studio once we have a contact at a development studio. And this game is called The Grind. The Grind. And uh, do you want to guess what it's about? It's about working in uh, modern anything. You freaking nailed it, actually. I was hoping you would say something inappropriate for a family program but so, grind, something about dancing on a dance floor oh yeah the the grind is about stripper poles and dollar dollar bills making it rain it's the grind except that you're the one that's making it rain it's not raining on you and it's actually what? just a sad indictment of modern society and uh no, what? What? To you know, tell me you about know, the dan- grind. Uh, so the grind is a dance dance revolution game uh but instead of uh the dance pad it's actually a stripper pole that has button like context sensitive buttons on it um so you can like grab onto them with your hand and then your character does a trick in the game no the grind is uh is a jrpg uh so you'd love it it is a jrpg about work uh you go to work every day you level up by fighting customers your boss your coworkers. The coffee machine comes to life and like tries to kill you. And nice. uh, oh, 
uh, IT, you fight IT, there's an IT boss. There's bosses based on everything that you could ever deal with in an office environment. And there's like a bunch of different career paths, right? So you could, as you're creating your character, you can be like a fast food worker. You could start as a fast food worker, try to rise up to be the CEO of that company is like the highest level. Uh, you could do like a tech startup where you start instantly with a lot of money, but as you progress throughout the game, you spend it wastefully. And at the end of the game, you lose like automatically, but you don't tell that to the player. Um, it's like a tech startup, so it's obviously destined to fail. Anyway, the grind. Yeah. Uh, it's a JRPG. It's it's a very tr- it's a sixteen bit like Earthbound style. It's supposed to be very funny. Um, oh, it's Earthbound two out of five. No, it's not like that. It's not like Deg's vision of Earthbound. It's like Spiegel's vision of Earthbound, which is one of the greatest RPGs ever made. Which um, which of the professions to choose to rise through is considered hard mode? Uh, I guess that would be um, probably fast food worker because your funds are limited. You have no skills. Your customers are jerks. You know, you're, uh, one of the enemies you fight is like a, a giant bag of french fries that flies out of the fryer and tries to burn you. And if you get burned, like you're burned for the rest. Just like in real life, you're burned for the rest of your life. You just have that burn on you. So that sucks. So don't be a fast food worker, kids. Get a real job. Um is HR an optional boss fight, or is that just something that's obviously going to come up at some point? That's the final boss. 